I'm joined now by RNZ business reporter Anan Zaki. Tinakwe Anan. E-Roads calling on reinforcements. Kia ora, Charlotte. They are indeed a transport software company and takeover target. E-Road is raising $50 million to repay debt and fund growth, especially in North America. The capital raise is fully underwritten with about $11.6 million offered to institutional investors alongside a $38.4 million offer to eligible shareholders at, a, at $0.70 cents per new share for every 2.06 shares currently held. The offer to shareholders is a near 50% discount to yesterday's closing price of $1.39 a share. E-Road Chief Executive Mark Heiner says the money will give it plenty of room for growth. Our investors have asked us to look at our balance sheet to make sure it's strong, so it gives us that additional flexibility. In terms of the headroom we're going to have, uh, we have about $65 million in headroom going forward, and that's a combination of the capital raise, and we've also been proactive with our lenders to also put in place a renewed debt facility which will mature now in September of 2026. And as part of that, it's an $80 million facility with ANZ, BNZ and Kiwi Bank. Mark Heiner says the near $150 million non-binding takeover offer from a subsidiary of Canadian software firm Constellation was still on the table but undervalued the company. A major electric vehicle charging network operator believes government funding is needed to help boost charging infrastructure. The National Party says if elected it would build 10,000 EV charging stations by 2030. It suggests the rollout of the ultra-fast broadband model is appropriate, with the government financially backing the private sector to deliver it. The head of EV charging provider ChargeNet says overseas government support for EV infrastructure and vehicles works. But at the same time, Chief Executive Danusha Vipik is cautioning against an early withdrawal of the clean car discount program. I think in the ideal world, we'd love to see the clean car discount scheme continue until price parity, which means until the point in time when EVs cost the same as an internal combustion car. Because, again, as national research proves, that's the best way to get individuals, and importantly in New Zealand, fleets into EVs. So one of the peculiar things about New Zealand as a country is that half of the vehicles that um, come in as new registrations in New Zealand every year go directly into fleets. Danusha Vipik says the high cost of fuel means EV adoption will continue. As you may have heard in the news, the Commerce Commission is considering forcing telecommunications companies to disclose how well they serve customers, as a report shows high levels of dissatisfaction. A new survey comparing performance and customer service shows 1NZ, previously Vodafone, ranked the lowest of the main players, with Spark's low-cost skinny taking out the overall top spot. A third of 1NZ customers surveyed had a problem in the past six months with their broadband or mobile service, while one in five customers had an issue at the top-ranked skinny. Telecommunications Commissioner Tristan Gilbertson says all the companies are disappointing in different ways and changes may be required. So we haven't reached the point yet where we think it's necessary or appropriate to mandate disclosure, but we may end up getting there if it it, it turns out to be the only effective way of getting information in front of consumers when they need it. And the chief executive of the Telecommunications Users Association, Craig Young, 
says the results match what they've been hearing. He says clearer information in future surveys could help people switch providers. The switching that occurs in the electricity industry got way better once they started to provide clear information about what the plans were across different and you could compare them. So we want to see that happen in this space as well. There's already some switching sites that you can go to, some compare sites, but we'd like to see a little bit more clarity around comparing plans. That's Craig Young from the Telecommunications Users Association. China's slowing economy is among the top concerns as Asian leaders meet amid fears it'll weigh heavily on export-reliant countries. Southeast Asian leaders are gathering in Indonesia this week for the ASEAN summit. Meanwhile, the leaders of the continent's three largest economies, China, Japan and South Korea, are also meeting. ASEAN countries are important trading partners of New Zealand, not to mention China being our biggest trading partner. S&P Global Ratings Chief Economist Paul Greenwalt says China will struggle to meet its 5% growth target this year and it'll mean a challenging period for countries that depend on China. Certainly not a disaster story, but it's probably going to come in with a forehandle this year uh, on growth and countries are just going to have to figure out how to navigate that given their particular circumstances. So it's not a terrible scenario, but it's a little bit weaker than we're used to in this part of the world where China was powering the region and everyone else was kind of pulled along behind that. That's S&P Global Ratings Chief Economist Paul Greenwalt. Well, time now to check in on the financial markets, and we're joined by Selwyn Smith of Jardin Securities. Kia ora, Selwyn. Yes, good afternoon. Well, we heard, we heard about the concerns about uh, China's weakness there. How are we looking here today? Yes, well, as I look out the window of our Jardin Dunedin office at 123 Vogel Street, there is a reasonable northeast pushing up the harbour. And that headwind's played out with the NZX, also somewhat cooler this morning down 20 points to 11.408. And any major movers today? The big movers of the day, and possibly on the back of some of those EV announcements, Jets is up $0.04 cents to $2.49, Mercury up $0.01 cents to $6.18, and possibly bucking the trend, the Fonterra shareholder fund up $0.02 cents to $3.19 this morning. And how's it looking over in Australia? Yeah, the Aussie market's also down, down 49 to 7207, and that's largely on the back of US Treasury yields that did push higher overnight with unexpectedly high US employment gauge figures potentially putting more pressure around the inflation noise. Energy was one of the big positives in Australia out of that, as with the bank. So each energy is up two cents to $1.65. Bendigo Bank is up four cents to eight dollars ninety, and Bank of Queensland up two cents to five dollars sixty-four. And how's the New Zealand dollar looking with uh, inflation concerns uh, in the US? Yeah, the Kiwi is lower this morning. It's really been a US dollar story. We're sitting at fifty-eight point six cents against the US dollar, trading at just under ninety-two against the Australian slightly under 47 British pence and around 54.6 euro cents. And that leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. Three-month bank bill rate is flat at $5.69. Oil does keep pushing high and interestingly crude is now up 25% since the end of June and sitting at $92.12 US dollar per barrel this morning and gold up very slightly 
to 1,917 US dollars per ounce. Thank you, Selwyn. That's Selwyn Smith of Jardin Securities from the beautiful Dunedin there. And we'll bring you a wrap of the day's news and numbers around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia ora.